This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Striking Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL. Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about uh, crappie fishing for bass anglers. <laughs> <laughs> back to back in studio guests. Uh, yesterday, we had Daryl Gleason uh, in as he was getting his, uh, his new ride rigged for uh, the Bassmaster Open EQs up at the Bass Tank. And this is today's show. Uh, clearly, the fame has gone to his head. Zeke Anderson. This is a show that's like three years in the making. We've been talking about doing this forever. Uh, Zeke, actually, what you went to the op? Is that the ophthalmologist? Optometrist? 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 Yeah, optometrist. Got my eyes dilated. Yeah. So, yeah, still rocking the sunnies. 12 hours later. Uh, but Zeke is one of the one of the best crappie anglers in the nation. Now, that's the truth. That's the honest truth. <laughs> I said this yesterday. I'll say it again live on air. There's a lot of people who claim to be crappie gurus, aficionados, and experts who learned their craft from this guy right here, even though that name will never be uttered. <laughs> Fair assessment? Fair sure. statement? Fair enough. Okay. Fair uh, enough. But very so kind. This is what I have always wanted to do, Zeke. I've always wanted to do a crappie fishing for bass guy show because there's a uh, like leasing yesterday. Me, we don't hunt. And I even know we got our, my buddy Juice, Juice Newton. Like I said, great, greatest story ever. He got the nickname in college and we found out it was a female country music star stuck. <laughs> and uh, he hunts, but everyone likes to crappie fish. Right, man. Crappie fishing. Every every fisherman likes to eat crappie, right? Yeah. I mean, table fairs some of the finest you can catch. And in the off, tournament off season, which is going on right now, it's a lot of these bass guys love to go out and use their forward facing sonar and catch these big crappie. Mm -hmm. It's the best time of year. This is my favorite time of year. I mean, today it's going to be sunny and sixty degrees in december and we're going to go out for a few hours try to find some giant fish because this is the time of year to go hunt the giants you said you don't hunt but you actually yeah, do no, you actually do we're hunting crappie now uh part of the show is going to be for those who do have the forward-facing sonar whether it be uh garmin laureates hummingbird whatever your choice but there are also a lot of anglers that i know that are on here and we've already i've already seen it in the uh in the comments what if we don't have forward-facing sonar? So a section of this show will also be, for those of you who do not have forward-facing sonar, how you too can get out and up the odds on putting a, uh, what do they call like a, a mess of crappie yeah, in the boat during the winter? Get you a mess of crappie. We can definitely talk about that. I mean, I started crappie fishing seriously probably about 12 years ago, way before forward-facing sonar came out. So we can definitely talk about some spider rigging. Okay. Yeah. I like it. That's like the original forward-facing sonar is spider rigging because once I started forward-facing sonar in open water, I was like, oh, it makes sense why the guys catch them spider rigging. It's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. You got eight rods sticking out the front of your boat or more. Some guys, I mean, up to 16 rods I've seen on the front of these boats. So uh, I see Clyde. Uh, I think that's the same Clyde. We've got like three Clydes. That's the same. Yeah, Clyde Glenn, who won the uh, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame auction is going to come down and it's going to be January now uh, and is going to uh, co-host BTL for a day. And then we're going to go crappie fishing. I went last week, struck out, didn't catch anything. So I wanted to make sure he was good to go when it came for crappie fishing based on what uh, Daryl and I did yesterday. Clyde, good to go. I'll get with you as far as booking it in January. They are, uh, they're snapping. And it should just get better and better from here. I mean, now all the way through the spawn, is literally my favorite time to be on the water 
chasing these things. All right. Talk a little bit about your history, how you became a crappie guru, what you do for work now, just the whole kind of Zeke Anderson story. Because ever since I've known you, uh, you've been kind of the go-to guy for crappie. I mean, like I said, well, my dad retired about 12 years ago, bought his first boat. And that's, uh, we became, I mean, always loved to fish, grew up pond hopping and all that, but never had a boat to start fishing big lakes and big water. Finally got a little boat. It was an old 1995 bass tracker, but that's how we got started. And it was me and my dad constantly out there trying to figure things out. Um, as most of you know, you can get on core websites and find a lot of waypoints for brush piles. Most of us did not know that. Can you, okay. are you, will you, okay. Yeah. Is that something that I need to make a note of? And then once we're done with the Zeke Anderson story, we can go back to. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah do that. Um, so that's, but that's how we got started. Cause back then there wasn't even side imaging. Um, even if there was, we didn't know what we were doing. So we had a little five inch, uh, Lawrence, uh, down imaging unit and we'd go out find these waypoints find brush piles and throw a buoy on them and if you don't have forward-facing sonar if you're not using the little orange buoys or white buoys whatever color you want to use to mark your brush piles it makes it a lot more difficult if you don't do it that way um, I like to throw the buoys off to the side of the brush piles not right on top of them don't spook the fish mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so that's how we got started, and we hammered Ulaga Lake like you wouldn't believe. I mean, that lake's got more brush in it than probably any lake I've seen in the country. Mm -hmm. Man-made brush piles and and trees up on the north end. So if we weren't brush pile fishing, we were dipping trees. Just as it was a numbers game, as many as I could dip in a day, determine how many fish just I caught. Dipping, just dropping the rod next to the tree, see if there's a copy down there. Don't vertical. Okay. yep just vertical fishing with at the time we we're using 10 foot rods so time goes on we get to where we're catching 200 crappie every time we're going out no forward facing sonar no forward facing sonar okay. before it was even available um and it kind of got to the point where okay this is fun but i'm ready to try something else i was getting to the point where i kind of wanted to you know Oh, let's go, let's go catfishing today. Let's go mm -hmm. chase some walleye, you know? And, and then forward facing sonar came out and it changed the whole game. I got real fortunate and uh, was able to get it very early on. Like, are you cool with talking about that? Yeah. How early on? Like you're talking like 16, 17, right? Yeah. I, I was, I mean, I don't know. One of the first people in Oklahoma to have it. Um, right when it right when it came out i didn't get it before it came out or anything but right when it came out and they were impossible to find and nobody could get their hands on them i got real lucky and, and found one and uh got it and i tournament fished before that before you know live scope came out forward facing sonar and i was always you know i'd finish up kind of high and then I just was inconsistent, mm -hmm. it was inconsistent. And it was frustrating to me, but I loved it. I mean, being able to compete whenever you get older in something growing up in sports and all that. So when LiveScope came out, um, it really hit this central part of the country first. And I was, I had some friends that also had it. So we all kind of helped each other figure it out and learn how to use it. And then we were discovering things about crappie that we never knew, um, behaviors and patterns and where they're setting up, why they're setting up, you know, um, the, what we learned, we had to throw a lot of stuff out the window. Um, once we got forward facing sonar on the boat, but we figured out these, why spider riggers had always been so successful in the winter time. That's uh, because these fish move off of structure and into open water especially the larger fish. So time goes on. Um, I started working for the bass tank, mm -hmm. spent about four years there, a little over four years with them and, um, allowed me to tournament fish, got really into the national level tournament fishing stuff, had some success there. Um, all crappie, all crappie. Yep. 
all crappie. There's seven fish tournaments. We, uh, my partner, my fishing partner and I, Dylan Hackler, you know, Dylan, you fish with Dylan. Yeah. He put me on my PB. Yeah. That's At right. At the time it was my PB. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we set a world record at Grenada Lake in a tournament, um, weighing in a two day total weight of 42.84 and that's 14 fish. And it was, that's a 306 average. Oh my gosh. 306 average. I mean, just insane. It's been broken now. I got to give this guy credit. Matthew Rogers broke it mm-hmm. with staggering. I mean, what everybody thought this was going to hold up forever. Dude, he had like, what do you have? 40, 44 pounds. Oh, like blew it out of the water. It oh, wasn't like a hundredth of a no, pound where you were over like, a what pound, over a pound, okay. pound and quarter. Uh, <laughs> But that's that's a special lake if you love crappie fishing, Grenada, yep. if you ever get a chance to go that's out like there. That's like the Falcon Lake of crappie. It absolutely is. It's the Mecca. Um, but so we had some success mm-hmm. in tournaments. Uh, now I'm actually uh, the tournament director and MC for the American Crappie Trail, a national level crappie tournament. And that's been a lot of fun. Been doing that the past year or so. And uh, working with some other companies at, as well. But it's, it's been a, a, coming from the bass tank and the time that I spent there, I was able to really entrench myself in the industry and learn a ton about the inner workings of the industry and how it works. And it allowed me the latitude to really get my name out there by producing content for the company. Mm-hmm. The uh, ACT? Uh, this one, I was at the bass tank. Oh, okay. I produced a lot of content for them on their YouTube page and it, what I've always wanted to do in this industry, I love that I'm getting to do it. I mean, I feel like the luckiest guy alive, mm-hmm. but teaching people how to in- increase their catch rate. That's, that's what is, is fun to me. Um, showing people just little, little nuances. They may not even know they're doing. It's kind of funny because I mean, crappie's a pan fish, right? Right. It's, 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 never been this this big thing but now that we're able to p- go and pick out the biggest fish in the lake and target and hunt those those bigger fish it's i'm seeing a lot more bass guys getting into it and i know uh on the bass side the btl said i have a lot of listeners uh and viewers on the show who will slide into the dms who will email me who will be like hey i want to get into this crappie thing it looks like it's fun. I hear you talk about it all the time. What do I need to do? And uh, you've kind of experienced me growing with it as yeah. much. I mean, I'll I'll call you with a bunch of different uh, questions and what about this and that. Like when we go out after the show today, like my next, my biggest weakness now is is when the fish are on the bottom. Uh, and you're like, oh yeah, you know that's your next next evolution in crappie fishing is being able to pick those suckers off when they're belly on the bottom, when they're not high in the water column active. And that's, that's the toughest part um, of, of using forward facing sonar is mm-hmm. recognizing those bottom fish mm-hmm. because they, bl- they blend in and you don't always know it's a fish, but you see little bumps. And I mean, I have dropped on fish on, on buried in the mud. And mm-hmm. I mean, literally you pull them up, they got mud on their bellies and they look small until they see your bait and come up off the bottom. And then your heart just starts <laughs> pumping and it's a three pounder, you know, but you can't tell when they're on the bottom, you can't really size them up. Well, all right, let's organize this show. Cause we got a lot of stuff that we have to cover here. You have to understand you have to treat every, everything like you're dealing with me. <laughs> so you have to start from the basic level because in the bass world, What's going on in the crappie world, specifically in the colder months of the year, December, January, February, March. Um, And let's put this. First of all, what we're talking, I don't even know what you want to talk about, but it's kind of a mid. Is it a Midwest like deal that we're looking at? Like, where does this work in the country? Oh, in the winter. Anywhere. Typically. You see what I mean? Like, it's different. Like, if you're in South Florida or you're in NorCal or. 
you can take Florida and just it's its own. Okay, sorry, Florida guys. Yeah, I mean, guys, Zeke show. Fish want to learn about how to catch them in Florida. Yeah, fish grass. I mean, fish grass, fish lilies. We're talking like kind of the middle, middle of the country, middle of the country. Yeah, Louisiana, Mississippi, even Georgia, um, Illinois, Illinois, Oklahoma, Texas, all that. Yep. All okay. that this pattern is going to hold pretty true. Yep. And anywhere else in the country up north is frozen. You ain't going to be able to go out on the open water and do it anyway. No, you want to ice fish. Okay. More power to you. Okay. Um, but yeah, so right now the these fish are are still transitioning a little bit depending on your water temp and where you live. So that your southern states, it this pattern will pick up and get better. Where we're at, they're pretty well transitioned at this point. Water temps in the mid 40s, give or take, mm -hmm. here. Um, so what what we like to do, how Matt and I both like to do, is go chase them in open water. We talked about these open water fish. They move off of the brush piles, off of the trees, you know, the structure, and really go to the river channels. Um, right now, if I'm on a big lake, uh, Ufala, mm -hmm. you know, use Ufala for example, I'm really focusing on the mouths of the secondary channels, river channels, uh, creek channels going off the main river channel. That's where they're starting to stack up. If you have a fishery, this is kind of the anomaly between white crappie and black crappie. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you have a fishery that's primarily got black crappie in it, this time of year, they're moving up the rivers and into the creeks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I won't say my favorite lake to go fish and really? do this um, because it would make a lot of my friends mad, I'm yeah. sure. But uh, it's a black crappie fishery and it but is. But the whites will stay out. The white crappie will stay out more. For the most part. Okay. Not that they're that not. makes a lot of sense. That's why I haven't scoped a lot of black crappie in the lakes that have, like you follow. You, you fall you a mix, but more so like you more see, so white crappie, more so white crappie. But there's a huge population of black crappie and you follow huge. Well. It's just not that part of the lake that we fish. Yep, I got you by the okay. dam, that clear water. Yep. Um, typically black crappie are found. I don't know why this is typically clear water lakes. Okay. Hold more population of black crappie. Anyway, sorry. I didn't but, mean to get you off the, on a tangent there. Um, yeah, I kind of went into a white crappie, black crappie. Yeah, no, but, I mean, we're going to be doing that a lot. Yeah, today, so open, open water, yeah. open water fishing and mouths of creeks is where you were talking mouths, about. Mouths of creeks. Kind of wanting to start your. Yeah, that's where that's where I'm looking for them right now. And they will they will proceed to move out into the main river channel as wintertime goes along mm -hmm. all the way until March. Then they'll start moving into their spawning grounds mm -hmm. and setting up to spawn. Um now that being said you can always find crappie on brush on trees um, all year long you can go like if you don't have forward-facing sonar and you don't want to go chase them in open water mm -hmm. spider rigging you can still go fish your brush piles and catch fish same ones that you bass fish in may june july and august for sure really for sure and there, you know the key to brush pile fishing is to have a lot of options because just because you land on them, you find you find a brush pile that's loaded with fish. You're looking at your down imaging, side imaging, you're seeing dots all over it. You know it's loaded with fish. They may not want to cooperate. That's the biggest mistake I see people make in crappie fishing is they beg them to bite. Mm -hmm. um, an old timer taught me years ago, don't, don't beg them to bite. A guy named Mark McGuire is a legend on Lake Eufaula for crappie fishing. <clears throat> So have a lot of options, but also have options in different depths because they will move with that water temp changing. They just, they're, they're just like us, like bass. I'm sure they want to be comfortable. And so they will change that depth. This is a good time to talk about the, the core website brush piles while we're, yeah. while we just, we'll just knock brush piles out. Yeah. Um, it's gosh, it's been a lot of years since I've, since I've done this, yeah. but if you just Google whatever core website for, um, you know, just use Ulaga Lake, for example, because they do brush pile days. The core does volunteers come out. I've done it. Go out there and set tons of brush piles. All those waypoints are public knowledge mm -hmm. and listed on, um, the core's website. So I'm sure that there's a way for somebody smarter than me, more computer savvy than me to download them, put them on a chip and plug them right into your unit. Oh yeah. Uh, back in the day, I was 
taking pictures of them with my phone and hand yep. programming them in. If your favorite lake, if you're like, well, I don't have any brush here, yeah, you can go on the internet. You can see if, if your state has a registry of where, like in Oklahoma, if you want to legally sink brush, you technically have to let the state know, right? Technically. And then they make a registry of that. But all those, like Table Rock, I just got back from Table Rock. Mm -hmm. There's a list of thousands of brush piles that they've dropped on Table Rock, all these different lakes. So if you're looking, just be like, well, I don't, I don't have a lot of brush. You can just go, boom, plug 10 of those suckers in on the lake that you're going to and go drop on them. Absolutely. And it's, it's it. when we were getting into it, my dad and I having that at our disposal was huge to, to not get frustrated mm -hmm. because you're around productive water immediately, um, immediately, especially if you don't have the forward facing sonar. Exactly. And we're kind of bouncing back right now, between yeah. whether you have it or not, but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of talk both ways. It's, it's funny because that's all we did pre forward facing sonar was brush pile fish mm -hmm. that is all we did that and, and dip trees pile fish at all when it's cold never like right now i avoid trees and i avoid brush piles absolutely and the reason that i love to go chase these open water fish like i said earlier there are still fish on brush piles mm -hmm. and on trees but these larger crappie that we're chasing they will they're not as scared because nothing's going to come of, from of getting eaten. them and eat them because they get too big. Yeah. If they're, you know, we're looking for two to three pound fish. Mm -hmm. Now, can a flathead or a bass eat a two or three pound crappie? For sure. We know that. But they're just not as nervous. It's a, it's a tougher meal. So they'll, they will move out in this open water. And you're, the biggest fish I catch all year is from now till, you know, through March. Yep. Um, they, they just, they're really starting to fatten up and, summertime crappie get real real you know blade skinny mm -hmm. real skinny so right now they're healthy they're big shouldered a lot of times you'll catch them with shad you know tails hanging out of their throats big shad big shad yeah all right this is this is the part where i want you to go into you're a bass guy you've got forward facing sonar you fish tournaments you have the tools at your disposal it is now early december this is where you can be like yeah i think i'm going to do this instead of deer hunt once you figure it out do the, you want me to talk about the equipment that yeah just the whole <clears throat> deal whatever you're comfortable talking about like sure. i know there's some trade secrets here <laughs> that you have to earn you know what i mean like i'm all about that you can't give away you yeah can't give away the farm here but you can put people on fish so bass guys like me can go out and catch a few and be like dude that was freaking awesome absolutely and i've got it i've got it real close bass friend old high school friend kyle cordiana and you know kyle yep um he loves crappie fishing and he and i do it two different ways he likes casting to him my recommendation for any bass guy that's just wanting to get started in this crappie stuff with forward facing sonar get you a 12 foot rod i love huckabee rods those are the rods i use power crappie um you've probably seen them out on the lakes big red rods but start with a 12 footer max 14. Don't go get you an 18 foot rod because they're starting to get crazy with rods. So get you a long rod, get you a handful. I love these Cyclops jigs. Hold on, good. let's go back to rods. What do you use? Oh, Huck, uh, Todd Huckabee rods, power crappie. Power crappie? Power crappie, yeah. I'm going to pull up a couple options here. Yeah. Is that is that a, oh, the 14. Field thump. Feel the thump. And I love their 12 foot rod. Power crappie. Shop crappie rods. Yeah. Oh, so here's the thing the cool thing about it. I'm going to pull up a couple different ones. I'm going to start with this one that you're talking about. I know this kind of grinds the show to a halt, but this is the stuff that we need. Yeah. That people do. Okay, yeah. there it is. Um, there are a bunch of different rods on here, like dipping sticks. You like what did you say your favorite one is? The trident. I, I love the trident. That's a thirteen foot. Is that a great starting rod? Right. It's there a great starting okay, rod. So there it is under the Todd Huckabee rod. There's the thirteen. It's a three piece rod, mm -hmm. fourteen foot long. Mm -hmm. Now I also want to go over to the crappie tank rod uh, that Denali has. That's what I use primarily. Uh, 
they have they're called the ultimate live scope rod here they have a uh 12 and a 14 foot version of that rod too i like both of those those are currently on sale for 89.99 normal 150 dollars rods at denali fishing so there's two good options uh huckabee's uh, let me say he's kind of like the KVD of the crappie world. He, he is. Is that a fair assessment of fair, the tournament fair. game? Like he's probably the most well-known guy that's been around. Is that just because he's in Oklahoma? Uh, around here. I mean, you've got Ronnie Caps and Steve Coleman is the most legendary crappie fishing team yep. in the history of crappie fishing, the winningest team financially. Um, there's not a lot of money in tournament crappie fishing more for bragging rights it's more for bragging rights uh, all right so we've got we're gonna get this long rod it's and we're using our forward-facing sonar yeah so, so you're 100 bucks in so talk about the real like talk about what setup you need real the, just just real down and dirty because basically what i do is i take a bass reel mm -hmm. straight off of my box and i slap it on that 14 foot rod sure which uh, the bait real caster. the real does not matter bait caster yeah bait i i prefer bait casters on my long rods um <clears throat> easier for me to control my depth with them but the real i mean i've got friends that fished very successfully on the national trails that use little 15 dollar one-to-one -one ratio like fly fishing reels almost from from walmart the rod is what really is going to boat the fish um, because when you're using these long rods, if you think about it, you're targeting fish that are anywhere from two foot under the surface to, you know, up down to 20 foot maybe. And if you've got a 14, 15 foot rod, then you've, you're not reeling these fish in. I'm yeah, I'm grabbing the line and just boat flipping them. And that's why I like both of the rods we're talking about Huckabee and these Denali rods. They are perfectly capable of capable of boat flipping a lot of backbone on them they're not whippy they're not like a like a old crappie rod that you used to see that you could go like this and it goes whoosh, exactly whoosh. this th these things are what i explain them as is the mat punching rods of the crappie world yeah sure good assessment <laughs> very good assessment fast tip massive backbone get the fish in the boat okay uh line you, you always go straight braid nope no, oh, no. Oh, okay. so it's it's i was thinking about this when i was driving here this morning um <laughs> crappie fishing has evolved because three years ago a straight braid that's all i used on my long rods my dipping yeah. rods um now i'm a fluorocarbon guy oh wow in this open water okay the reason being um when i, I made the switch to fluorocarbon about a year ago maybe a year and a half and braid is like dragging a rope through the water and you're you've got to be very precise with your bait placement a lot of days so the quicker i can get my bait right on that fish's nose the better chance i've got to catch him with braid it's dragging it through and it's moving real slow fluorocarbon cuts through the water so much easier and faster um so you can really get that bait on that fish that much quicker so that's why i switched fluorocarbon I use like, what do I have on? I think I've got 17 pound. Heavy fluorocarbon. Heavy fluorocarbon. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? On a 16th and 8th ounce jig. Yep. Yep. 32nd ounce jig mm -hmm. even. Um, but you can also use like 15 pound braid, 20 pound absolutely. braid, 30 pound braid. And that's that's the difference. If So if I'm open water fishing, I'm using fluorocarbon. Yep. If I'm brush pile or tree fishing, I'm using braid. Okay. Um with braid you get hung up you can typically just pull and straighten the hook out and not even break off and keep on fishing so, so. we're 120 bucks in you've got a bass reel with bass line Cheap that is reel. on a hundred to 150 dollar crappie rod mm -hmm. and you're using your electronics for bass yeah you're using your same stuff so i mean next you really just got to get some some jigs okay some baits um a lot of guys use minnows uh, which is perfectly acceptable in the crappie world. Not, not frowned upon? Not frowned upon. Uh, I, I don't. The last time I bought minnows was at the national championship. I, I, I hate using them, I'll be honest. But I was like, it's a national championship. They're allowed, so I'm going to have them in the boat mm -hmm. just in case. Uh, well, I, I killed them all. They were all 
hundred percent dead. <laughs> so back, back right back to jigs, but there's a ton of jig options. These Cyclops jigs, I love good solid mustad hooks. The shape of the the head and the wire bait keeper. I prefer a wire bait keeper. It's a lot thinner. You don't tear up your plastic baits as much with a little wire keeper. Um, Cyclops C Y C L O P S jigs. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it's got an eye. Oh, Cyclops. I get it. Cyclops single eye. I get it. Yeah. It's a little. It's a little different jig style. He puts the eye on the uh, on the bottom of the jig. Mm -hmm. So when the fish is under it, it yeah. looks. The idea is it mimics Sees a, the eye. It mimics like, a, ah, a dying fish. This must be a it's dying shad. Yeah. So little tiny hair jigs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see that, but yes, very tiny. That's 32nd ounce hair jig. So what I'll do is I'll put if I got a fish this small, I'll put that'll be on the bottom. And then about eight inches above it, I put I use a sliding weight system. So I put a bobber stop on and then a uh egg sinker and then another bobber stop. Mm -hmm. So like I can, Carolina rig egg sinker. Exactly. Like a quarter ounce. Yep, quarter ounce is exactly okay. what I use. Now, so you could take a quarter ounce tungsten uh -huh. bass weight, yep, like for, for sure. Texas rig, and do bobber stop quarter ounce to flipping weight bobber stop. Yep. So now you still haven't had to buy anything else. <laughs> I know. Okay. Hey, uh, except for some some jigs, but well, yeah, I want to get through the jigs because on my end, I throw a lot of Kitex, mm -hmm. and I can also go uh, and and soft paddle tail little 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 bitty and Demiki rigs, yeah. and I can also. My crappie box, I use the Damiki jig heads with a little one size one hook, eighth ounce, quarter ounce. And I'm literally using the same ones that I just Damiki rigged on Table Rock two weeks ago are what are tied onto my crappie baits. And I bought four packs of plastic baits for $3 each. So now I'm $12 in and I've got yeah. the same baits. Wait, everything is the same. But that's like I said, you're a crappie guy. I'm a bass guy. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of tailoring into the bass, but for sure. I also have a crappie box of I've spent a lot of money on crappie stuff. It's, it's, it's a good it's a good looking box, but I'm actually. Just you don't have to. If this is crappie you fishing don't. for bass guys, you're a hundred dollar rod in and the rest of the stuff you got in your boat. There's 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 a reason that I historically have not taken on jig sponsors and line sponsors mm -hmm. um things like that because what i tell people is i can spend a 100 bucks a year online a 100 bucks a year on jigs mm -hmm. and have everything i need but those cyclops jigs are good there's a bunch of uh our you know, juice juice newton jared yeah is jumping in the boat with us today you know he started tying his own jigs a year ago and did he? I didn't even know. Oh, he's. I'm sure he'll bring them. He'll 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 be trying to pawn those suckers off on you all day. He'll be like, "Oh, look at this one. It's made from sex. You know, this is made from uh, from polar bear fur from the last wild polar bear. It's hollow fur, so it floats it. Perfect. Like we're 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 gonna go in the weeds on this one. I love it. But here's the other thing. You can also go into. Uh, you can also get on Omnia, or go into any of your local tackle stores and buy a little pack of eight ounce white marabou jigs that are 30 cents each with the gold hook in it. And I use those for the first year yeah. <laughs> and caught the crap out of them. My, my dad still uses them. Yeah. He loves them. Just trim the tail down. If, if they're finicky or keep it big flowing tail, if they're aggressive, if it starts coming unwrapped, get your super glue out yep. and glue it back up. Um, but, but anyway, as a whole jig, jig wise, it's, it's about the hook to right. me. Okay. The hook is the important part of the jig. What's important about the hook, the strength of it. Okay. You know, those gold hooks, yeah. um, gold Aberdeens, um, and the little marabou jigs we were talking about, those are just, in, they're inexpensive because of the quality of the hook is not very good. As a tournament angler, I am super anal about, about the hooks. I've had hooks break on me on hook sets. Um, it can't, you don't want a real thick wire gauge hook cause it's harder to bury them. Uh, in the in the bone of the mouth the roof of the mouth there so these are mustad hooks which is my preference a light wire and really really strong these things are plenty strong enough to 
boat flip three and a half pound fish. Okay. I just pulled up the uh, big bite bait swimmer head okay. that I like yeah. that has that kind of cone. Mm-hmm. And then what I end up doing on the little plastic on this back keeper, I'll, I'll like work it back and forth to break off the back keeper because it has two wire keepers on it. Yep. And then I'll just pinch the front keeper in a little bit more. And that way you can slide a crappie plastic up on it. I like the uh, quarter and the three sixteenths ounce uh, on that uh, swimmer head. It's got a bigger hook on it. It's a, a three aught in all the sizes. Mm-hmm. But when I'm dropping vertically on it and we're, and we're fishing for those giants, mm-hmm. I don't think it matters because I'm using typically on that a three inch plastic. Yeah. Yeah. So typically, I mean, I want to use the biggest bait I can get away with using. The, the biggest jig they're going to hit, the heaviest yeah. jig they're going to hit. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll usually start with a quarter ounce jig big with jig. a three inch plastic on it. Yep. And if you got big, you got big bite up. Yeah. Are they still making my favorite crappie jig bait? Um, the... It's the baby version of, uh, of the swim on. Yeah. Yeah, they are. That is my favorite plastic. I don't know why, but fish love this thing. They absolutely love it. Uh, the two point seven five inch version. Yeah, not the two. The two and a half is tiny. There it is, right there. The Kamikaze Swim On in the two point seven five inch version. Now, what colors? Because this is super easy this, right here. Like, well, it, so right now you've got a couple. You might even have the jig heads, but a couple packs of of jig heads with a smaller hook on it, and these two point seven five. They're two eighty nine a pack. What, what color are you going with? So there's a white and chartreuse, I think, if I remember correctly. Pearl chartreuse tail. There you go. Yeah. I don't know what they call their colors. So that is my number one go-to. <clears throat> it's this setup right here in the hair jig. Pink head, white body, chartreuse tail. Okay. Um, that's what I always start with. But the my favorite color which is crazy. I thought it would be the worst one. And I don't even know if they still make it. The green. Yeah. I know. What's it? It was green and chartreuse, I think. I've, st- I've still got some. They, they may not make that color because okay. when I first. But anyway, like a like ugly green? Like what color? Green? Ugly green. Ugly green and chartreuse. It, I, I called it the Hulk. Okay. And I mean, I'd be in a tournament and nothing else was working. I would drop the Hulk on them, and I mean, it was Hulk smash mm-hmm. almost every time. It was the wildest if, thing. If you guys have actual like Damiki baits, mm-hmm. those work great too. Absolutely, the swim ons work great. Uh, there's a bunch of different any little shad style plastic, three inches or smaller, whether you're using it for bass or it's designed for crappie, you will catch the crappie on it. Absolutely. I mean, there's days the crappie are super aggressive, and then days they're finicky, just like bass. Yep. And whenever they're aggressive, it doesn't matter what you put in front of them, obviously. When they're finicky, that's that's when having size options is really going to help you. And I'm going to be honest with you, Zeke. When they're finicky, as a bass guy, I'm probably not going to go fish for them. I understand. I'm going to get out on the water. I'm going to make a couple passes. I'm going to drop on some fish, and I'm going to go not the day-to-day. Yeah, yeah. Makes because sense. Because I'm not a... I'm not angry at them like you are. Yeah. And most bass guys aren't. They want to go out and they don't want to have to work. For they them. want to catch them. They want to catch them. Yeah. We're giving them the catch them setup. Like got I it. said, you've got a, you got a podcast over on, on, uh, on Facebook American crappie trail. No, it's called crappie catching, crappie catching, crappie catching on, okay. on Facebook. You want to get into the weeds. That's yeah. That's follow me. Follow me there. You're losing people at 30 second ounce. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Get your get your big setups. Yeah. Get your big setups and go catch them. Three, two and two and three quarter inch, three inch plastic. Yep. Quarter ounce, quarter ounce jig head. So you're putting a quarter ounce weight above a quarter ounce jig head. Absolutely. Too. So you've got a half ounce on here. Mm-hmm. You, I want to get it down there big, quick. Giant Bubba setup that we're using. Yep. With 17 pound fluoro or 20 to 30 pound braid. Absolutely. And the reason I use the heavier fluoro is to see it. I want to, I want to boat flip. Them. Yeah, okay. I don't want to have to worry about not that 10 pound can't do it. I mean, I get it, Yeah. but I just don't want to have to worry about it. And crappie are not line shy. We've learned they're not line okay. shy. So, okay. We've got our basic setup for $150 in. It's not bad. Uh, no, it's fantastic. That's like 
one of these days. <laughs> no, that's um, so wild. We know that it's it's the cold time of the year. The water temps in the 40s in the middle part of the country. This goes on on what percentage of lakes? Because I know it doesn't happen on some. It happens on others. It's better on some. It's better on okay. others. But there's a good chance that there is a portion of the lake that you live on or consider your home lake that you can go out and do about what you're about to describe. For sure. I mean, I would say 80% of the lakes, any, any lake that has white crappie in it, this is, this is a white crappie behavior moving out into the main river channels of the lakes. And the reason they're moving out there is they're following bait. I mean, <clears throat> the, the shad, what I saw about a week ago on Ufala, shad were 25 foot down in the river channel. And so the crappie were suspended up above them. It was easy pickings, easy pickings. And when you say river channel, you're out in the middle of nowhere. It looks like you're watching bass live on Lake St. Clair. Literally, dude, middle of nowhere. You're not saying, hey, there's trees here. You're not saying, hey, there's a uh, underwater thing here. You are over open water. It feels very uncomfortable at first. Mm -hmm. And you're just in the abyss. Absolutely. With your forward-facing sonar on. Yep. And you got your maps up front. I know you got bass guys. Love your maps. Love them. <laughs> Seven screens up on the front of the boat. But keep your maps up and just stay in that river channel. Now, there's there's days that you can go out and do this and put limits in the boat in a hurry as you get better at targeting. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's other days that you go out and you might have to go 50 yards between fish. The keys are figuring figuring out where they're setting up that day. But you can always go out in the river channel, put your forward face sonar down, and go. And this is why it is very beneficial for bass anglers as we move and continue to move into the age of technology and information and live scope. Because the way you target these crappie requires precision understanding of boat positioning and of reading the fish behavior on your unit and close quarters and literally putting a jig in something that's the size of the top of my coffee cup. That's it. So brief settings, how far out you are and what a fish looks like. Like I said, you're dealing with bass guys yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Not, so not crappie guys. I know this is like one oh one stuff. It's it well, yeah, no, I get it. Um no, the number one key, I guess, is recognizing what's the crappie on the screen, right? Now, bass guys typically range out 100 foot on their forward-facing sonar, maybe further. Crappie guys are typically at 30 foot. So what I do is I set my graph at 50 to 60 foot out while I'm searching, and I'm looking for a big round return. Bass, for some reason, they get taller mm -hmm. the further out they are. Crappie stay rounder. Um, so I'm looking for that big round, you know, silver dollar on the screen. And as I'm approaching it, getting closer to it, I'm dialing my distance back on my screen. When I'm actually dropping on fish, I want to be set at 30 foot is my, my go-to preference. Now there's been a lot of evolution in the, in the crappie world over the past couple of years. Good time to talk about brakes, boat control. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> like Matt was saying, it's, I mean, boat control and boat positioning is huge to, to really efficiently target these fish. And that's, that takes practice and time on the water. I wish there was a shortcut to just, you know, boom, I've got some magical tip, but you got to spend some time on the trolling motor staring at the screen. So what uh, crappie guys are doing now is putting trolling motors on the back of the boat. We call them brakes. Power power brakes is what yeah, I I'll use. Pull it up now. Yeah, um, that way Oops. I've got my my transducers on my trolling motor. I no longer have to spin my front trolling motor around backwards to stop the boat. When you do that, you're getting off target. You're potentially backwashing the fish, spooking it. So we've got two trolling motors now on the back of the boat, power brakes, and yeah, uh, so that's, you know, 20, 22 foot behind you. You're not spooking near as many fish and you're not having to get off target. So these are miniature trolling motors that attach to your power poles that you hit a button and you stop like car brakes. Yeah. 
why are these not on every boat on the elite series and they will be as more and more guys in the bass world start figuring out live scope and really its capabilities for bass then they'll everyone will figure out that having these brakes on the back of your boat is crucial you don't see a crappie tournament angler anymore without them you find me yeah um god i really don't want to be showing this seek <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get mad set he'll be the he'll be the first bass guy out there rocking some brakes wait so oh you'll get made fun of it's gonna be why? funny why will i get made fun of? oh dude every time i'm at a boat ramp and a bass guy pulls up on me to launch you know they're like, what in the heck is on the back of your boat? Does it does it affect? Can I still use my power poles? Absolutely. Doesn't can, affect it at all. You can still use drift paddles. If you want, if if, is, if am you I want more paddles likely on your to poles. hit hit these on the bottom and stuff in shallow water while I fish? No. So there's no downside to them. No. I mean, the battery draw is very minimal. They're just 12 volt trolling motors. And it's less than 2K. I think they're yeah, right at 2K around. Oh, yeah, they're on sale right now. <laughs> Holiday sale. They're normally, I think, $19.99 for a set. Hmm? So we're done showing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk afterwards because that I could see being extremely advantageous. It's like even if you're just brush pile fishing on any lake yes. and you roll up, instead of you having to spin and stuff, like you could be scoping 100 foot out and be like, oh, there's a pile. And then instead of either drifting over it and not hitting it, especially as shy as these fish are getting now to certain sounds because of the forward-facing sonar, you could just hit the brakes. Yep. So check this out. Just He just figured out this. He calls it the nudge feature with it. Where So you've got a foot pedal up front to back you up and stop you. And now we've got a second foot pedal, stomp switch up there, to bump you forward. Mm -hmm. So if you're open water fishing, oh, you're going to love this, dude. I, I can't wait to get him on your boat because you're going to have an absolute blast with it. Say that fish, I get to where it's 20, 30 foot out and I really don't want to spook this fish. I don't even want to hit my front trolling motor to move me forward. I can now use my back trolling motors to bump me forward. Yeah. Nick brought up a deal too. What if you're going with the wind? Can you hit them? That'll actually slow you down. So instead of drifting Mach nine over the stuff, you can actually slow it down. You can fish with the wind with these things. Really? Yep. No more having to. I mean, you know, you've done it a hundred oh, times. A, it's a, and then you find them, and then you keep. The you fish, get to flip the boat around, let your pivot, back in, pivot back, and then come back up to the fish. And like yesterday with Gleason, mm -hmm. we we're out there, and he's like, "That's a big one." I'm like, "Yeah, that's a good one." And I said, "Hold on, we're five minutes away." And he's like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I have to keep the fish here. Mm -hmm. I'm coming up on it. I have it set at, at fifty. I'm getting it to thirty. My little wiggly finger here's the fish. My pen is the boat." You have to stay with it. You let it go under. Then you spin all your unit around. You stay with it. You go like that. And then you drift back. And then you have to go and get all the way back and then stay with that fish and then hope that that fish doesn't decide to go like that to where then you have to back up and it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what brakes does for you. I mean, it eliminates all of that. Mm -hmm. It just makes boat control that much easier, um, especially for guys who are getting started in it. I know. Yeah. They're a little bit, I mean, we're no longer in that $150 range. Yeah. No, but. yeah, We're done with the, the our big, So, uh, and we talked about what you're looking for. You're recognizing them. So the next step to get back on track is this is where the long rod comes into play. Why you're using a 12, 14, 15 foot rod. Yeah. So we started out using 10 foot rods. Um, and then once forward facing sonar came out, we started figuring out, you know, some days these fish are just spooky. You just want to keep them away from the boat. So the longer rod you use, the further away from the boat you can keep them. Some days they don't spook at all. Some days I got to pull out an 18-foot rod. And I don't like fishing like that. I'm kind of like a bass guy in this regard. Mm -hmm. I'll use an 18-footer in a tournament setting when I have to. But if I go out fun fishing and I got to use an 18-footer, I go home. Yeah, It's just not. It's they, These rods are so long. They get heavy. It's, you know. My tendonitis starts flaring up. I'm, I'm getting old. Um, so, but having the long rod, what I prefer to do with them is I pitch it out and let that bait pendulum back 
and hopefully land and I'm adjusting it as it's coming back. Not using the reel. The reel is just line maintenance. You're not casting nothing. All the reel does is it holds line while you're dropping vertically. I've got rod and rod and right hand line and left hand. And when I set the hook, I'm doing it with both hands and just flipping it in the boat. And this is where the skill comes in. You're going to learn how to drop on the fish. You're going to learn how to read how far out stuff is. You're going to learn. And like I said, what's the name of your podcast? Crappie catching. You're going to learn all this stuff on crappie catching. Yeah. We're not going to go into it now, but this is where the bass guys can really learn on how fish react to baits, fish movement, what spooks of noises in the boat, fit dropping below fish, fast dropping on fish and spooking them out, watching how fish circle back and reattack a bait, watching what happens when predator fish come into the same screen as where these crappie are. There's all sorts of stuff you can learn. And you will learn it little by little as you go out on the water. How long does it take? Let's say I've never done this before. I'm listening to the show. I've got some of the stuff. I'm a couple hundred bucks in. I'm like, yeah, I think this is going to happen on my lake. How many trips before you're like, there's one and can go catch it with regular. If you already understand forward facing sonar, if you've been using it, then you can do it in a matter of hours. But if you're really new to everything, to your electronics, boat control, um, it's so much about boat control. You'll need to spend, you know, three days, three good days on the water yep. and you should start getting the feel for it. Um, I tell the best, the best tip that I can give anybody, if you're bass fisherman, crappie fisherman, you're one and you're wanting to start doing this, go to a lake that's got standing timber in it. <clears throat> the reason I, I like standing timber, you've got something to associate your eyes with above the water and below the water and so you learn that targeting a lot quicker because you've got a visual above the water to be able to know where you're dropping does that make sense yep it's uh so if you got some timber go start combing it uh, and like i said there's still going to be fish in timber this time of year um in the trees so that'll be that'll cut your learning curve way down have we done, I feel like, we, does this make sense to you? What are we missing out here on major elements for the bass guys to be able to do this? Because we kind of talked about if you don't have forward-facing sonar, you use the same rod, except you drop, you're drop. you dropping on the brush piles. We showed them where to drop on the brush piles, the type if, of stuff if, that they if you, and it, We can go a little deeper okay. there. Yeah, um, Non-forward-facing sonar users or folks, um, spider rigging is is huge looks like a nightmare it can be if you have a school of sand bass come through <laughs> it's, it's it's a nightmare but um it's it can be a lot of fun if, if this is what you want to do so you're typically in open water or covering the edges of the river channels the stumps and things because mm -hmm. these crop a lot of times school up on these stumps and once you find them you can work back and forth on that same stump over and over and just catch every fish in the school spider rigging or just get in the river channel and go explain what spider rigging is spider rigging is putting multiple rods typically in rod holders or always in rod holders out on the front of your boat they have t-bars i think they call them mm -hmm. t-bars but the you know the rod holders usually people are doing eight rods at a time sit, a sitting down yes yeah check your 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 local lake rod limits how, however many you can fish with um and you're just slow trolling pushing baits um jigs right minnows whatever pushing baits at about one mile an hour typically 1.2 it's kind of it, it can be it can be agonizing but i've had people love it never had a desire to do that no it's it's not uh like i mentioned earlier whenever i was about ready to give up crappie fishing mm -hmm before forward facing sonar came out i spider rigged and it just kind of got eh, it wasn't my favorite thing to do so but it's very effective it's a very effective way to, to put these fish in the boat if that's what you, what you desire mm -hmm. is there anything else here i'm kind of itching to get out of the water i'm I, so am i buddy uh, like i said i enjoy day. doing it yeah, we're good I enjoy during doing it during this time of the year. It's what I look forward to. And I get like, I hate that people are a lot of people. No one's been asking you what not you use. Yeah. 
on, oh, what, on not, social media. I'm just no. saying like people are like, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, but I do get a lot of people that ask me, help me with this crappie stuff because I want to, I want to catch them. Oh, here's the big thing. This is the biggest thing that we, oh my God, I can't believe I almost forgot this. Catch and release. Yeah. On the Giants. On the Giants, I let him go. Anything. Anything over two pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically Which with me. Which is like a 15 inch crappie. 15 yeah. and a half, 16 inch, depending on the fishery that you're Yeah, on. yeah. Um, typically anything over 175, I'll let go. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I prefer to eat nine, nine to 11 inch fish. To me, those are the best fillets. When you get in those big, thick two and three pound fish, the fillets are, you got to cut them up and you might as well just catch you a mess of, you know, 10 inchers. Yep. Uh, you know, fry those suckers up. They're delicious. But these big fish, yeah, man, it, it, I'm a believer in genetics in fish. I've talked to biologists about it. Some agree, some don't. Um, because these fish lay so many eggs, but I'm a big believer in genetics and we, I want to keep those genetics in the lake for as long as I can. Some people say, um, those fish are older and you might as well keep them because they've only got a year or two left to live. Anyway, lifespan of a crappie is only on average seven years. Okay. So, but it, and it takes them, uh, typically in most fisheries, it takes a crappie about four years, typically on average to reach two pounds so those fish are survivors they're tough they've been around and they're still producing so i want to keep them in the lake uh this is a part of the show where you get in trouble name off like who you would say if people want to go follow the top crappie guys going right now in the country like just give a few names because sure. I, I don't even know where to go find them but i mean that's a great way to start on social media yeah and, um, and this is obviously subjective in your opinion you are the tournament director for the american crappie trail which i threw that website up earlier if you guys want information on that but just in your opinion you got uh eric cagle is a a guide over mississippi great guy to follow good teacher uh, jerry hancock is a legend down on Lake Fork in Texas. And you want to talk about an awesome, I know a lot of your listeners probably fish Fork. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, take a crappie rod with you next time. You have to keep them in the winter if you catch them. Though. I think it's January and February. Yeah, there's you cannot release them. Even if you catch a three-incher, you have to keep it. Yeah. Because and that's an, it's an old law that, I'll, I'll say it, I, I think it needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, pre-forward-facing sonar on Fork, guys were catching crappie you know 30 40 foot deep and they didn't know how to fizz them and take care of them and so they made that law that you have to keep your first 25 fish you catch now with forward facing sonar on fork in the winter time we're catching them as shallow as six foot of water sometimes so why do i have to keep those fish but you do it is a law um jerry hancock down on fork absolute hammer um todd huckabee would definitely be a guy these are long time guys in the game um gosh you got jeff larch over in arkansas if, if you're in Ar- i'm kind of trying to go states here if you're in arkansas check out jeff larch he, he's a guy there great tournament fisherman all right um yeah yeah that'll work that'll give people some starting stuff yeah all right i think we're gonna jump out on the water uh we went a full hour it's a good show good show uh if people want to contact you follow you ask you questions are you open to that absolutely okay absolutely look me up on <clears throat> i've got a fishing page on facebook hype man hype man, man zeke h-y-p-e-m-a-n that's it hype man zeke fishing um or just my normal you know facebook page zeke anderson yeah shoot me a message happy to talk about it answer any questions i can I greatly appreciate it. That's this, It's a tough show to do because it's just like bass fishing. It'd be like you going, hey, what, will you come in and teach these crappie yeah. anglers how to bass fish? And you're like, what? Wait a second. I got to go way back. How do you do this in an hour? <clears throat> yeah. But uh, I think we did a great job of kind of uh, giving a little little starting, starting tips. Yeah. Yeah. Get started. And like Matt said, I mean, I've got a podcast on Facebook, Crappie Catching. You can learn a lot more there. I interview a lot of the top names in the in the in the country. Tournament results, but you also go deep into tips, tactics, yeah. like yeah. little nuances and stuff like we do on day four and on BTL occasionally. Exactly. 
All right, Zeke Anderson, greatly appreciate it. Tomorrow, day four with the man, Frank Scalish, and then I am headed to Lake El Salto. So back-to-back crappie days, day four, and then El Salto. Heck of a week for me. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to everybody later. We're headed to the lake. Follow my Instagram, just at Matt Pangrak, for a little updates to see how we do on the lake. Basically, it'll be me and Juice watching Zeke, the master at work. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I mean... There's very few things that I don't mind not having a rod in the water. No pressure. I mean, we're going to have fun, too. (laughs) But uh, very interested to see how it goes. So, all right. This has been another edition of BTL Bass Talk Live. Same time, same place tomorrow. See ya.